Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Okay, it's amazing. Somebody said years ago, I don't know, I have not seen this for myself, but supposedly when Jesus spoke in the original ancient language, it's in groupings of seven and multiples of seven every time he spoke in Scripture. Interesting. Only God could do something like that. But my point is tonight, the real Jesus is Jesus who we're talking about here in the Gospels, in your Bible. He just has so much to say. All right. So much to say about life and your past, your present, your future. He knows what he's talking about. So tonight, here's my question. What's the first thing you think about when someone says the name Jesus or you think of Jesus? What do you imagine? When someone, when someone brings up the subject of Jesus, or we talk about Jesus in church, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yes, ma'am. Love. That's a great association. Think of the love of Jesus. Forgiveness. Savior. Powerful. True. I, I always think of a, a guy who was fearless. I always think of a guy who took on bullies, who took on the mob who took on the religious establishment. He wasn't afraid of anybody. He'd answer them in the crowd. They'd say so. He would read people's minds. Remember, he'd be at, Scripture says he knew their thoughts. He would call people out on what they were thinking when it was wrong thinking. <laughs> he was a bad dude. Anybody else? What do you think of when you think of Jesus? Said forgiveness. I think of the word fulfillment. Fulfilling the law, but also fulfilling God's promises for all of eternity. Anything else? What do you think of when you think of Jesus? Truth? That's powerful. Yeah, truth. Everything he said, perfect truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, and he's, he proved it. He proved it with his life and everything he said. Anybody else? All right. That might be all I'm going to get out of you tonight. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I can't. Come on, man. I can't twist your arm. So anybody else? First thing you think of. Mm -hmm. I, I always imagine the cross when I think of Jesus. That, that's in there somewhere when I'm thinking of him, talking about him. Always goes back to the cross. Anybody else? Hope. That's powerful. Sacrifice. Uh-huh. It, it's some of these come up and they intertwine with our thoughts on the cross, don't they? Because Jesus and the cross in our minds are one. It's like Jesus came to, to live and die on the cross and be raised from the dead. And I love that hope because our next series is, in, is entitled The Thrill of Hope for December. I believe we get that from a Christmas, Christmas song. But God's word is full of hope. Has anyone in here ever felt like, man, have you ever had seasons where you said, man, I just, I lost hope for a minute or I lost hope for a little while? Anybody? Raise your hand. I have. I had a guy today, he blew my mind. Um, I was actually doing, I do this on the side, some of y'all know this, I teach English and Spanish classes on the side here and there. This is, people is my job and pastoring is my whole life, but on the side, here and there, I teach English and Spanish classes. One guy starts just sharing with me, he goes, I don't tell anybody this, but let me tell you, and he starts telling me how he had lost hope when his mom died. I thought, dang, I can, I can, I can, I can uh, 
understand what you're saying. You know, not that I just lost hope when my mom died, but I understood what it felt like to lose my mom. And this, this is an older man. But he began to talk, and he said, man, I, I haven't told anybody this. And he's a believer now. But he said, I, I actually went out and bought a gun so I could kill myself. He said, I lost hope. It blew me away that he was even telling me, but then again, it shouldn't be a surprise. People just tell me stuff sometimes because I'm just, I'm just listening. My ears are sticking out. My eyes are wide, and I'm just listening, and I'm there. And I think they can feel that I love them and I care about what they have to say. So I was just listening. He goes, man, I'm just telling you this. But, and it was crazy because look how Jesus is, and we're talking about the real Jesus. Jesus working through people, and that's you and that's me. Jesus told us, he said, you're the light of the world, remember? Why? Because you're a reflection of him. You know how the moon reflects the light of the sun? Well, this is powerful. This guy said, man, I lost my mom and I lost hope. I went out to buy a gun to kill myself. And he said, I kept putting it off. Thank God for procrastinators sometimes. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Well, somebody got wind of it. and I won't, Without getting into all the details, he goes, my mom knew this guy who was a pastor, and he mentioned his name, and I actually knew him, and I thought, wow, how interesting. This guy's reward is in heaven. It totally is. I would have never known, but he said, this guy would start to just show up at my house and knock on my door and say, how are you doing? Uh -huh. He said one time or a few times he showed up and said, hey, do you know how to play guitar? I'm going to teach you how to play guitar. Crazy. He got his mind off of it, and he said, man, I struggled, and I struggled, and he said, man, I was so deeply into depression, he said, but then I started to feel hope again. I thought, man, I need to live for my kids. I need to live for my grandkids. I need to just be alive. I need to live for God. He said, God must have a purpose for me. I said, wow. And the guy doesn't know a lot about Scripture. I mean, just talking with him, he just didn't. You could tell by some of the things he said, even scripturally, he just didn't know. And that was not for me to discuss with him or correct his thinking because I knew he'd placed his hope in God and he was hungry for the things of God. The week before, he had told me, you know, I just need to, I need to talk with someone about the things of God. <laughs> it was random. I was teaching him English. And I went, what? How interesting. But God must be working in this guy's heart. But I thought, wow, the real Jesus brings hope. Because, man, sometimes this earth feels short of hope, doesn't it? There's some crazy stuff going on. Anybody else? Anybody else before we hit the ground running with Matthew chapter 6? What does Jesus bring to mind when you think of him? Anybody else? Teacher. Mm, the best ever. The best who ever walked the earth. The wisest person ever walked the earth. Teacher. Rabbi. Anybody else? An overcomer. Yeah. Scripture says he was tempted in every point, meaning he, he was tempted with every sin we were tempted with. One translation says he knew no sin. That means he just never did it, though. I don't know if the universe would have imploded or been destroyed had God in the flesh given into sin because he's perfect. I don't know, but he didn't, and he can't, and he won't. Perfect, and he was overcomer. I think of the word perfect when I think of Jesus, too. Fun fact the Muslims do not believe Jesus is God in the flesh like you and me, but they believe he was the only perfect man who ever lived. Isn't that interesting? They got part of it right, but they need to get the rest, all right? Anybody else? What do you think of when you think of Jesus? Power and authority, man. 
He would speak, and the crowds would say, man, he speaks with authority, not like the Pharisees, the people who were just religious and, and throwing, throwing stuff around and throwing and laws and rules around and focusing and taking things out of context and fixating on certain things. He speaks with power and authority. Man, the demons were freaked out about him. Don't torment us before the time. Wow, power and authority. Anybody else? Anybody else? Grace? In my mind, in my understanding of grace in Scripture is God's power or empowerment to do right. And Jesus was full of grace. Scripture said, matter of fact, let me read you a quick verse. Y'all are doing good. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to go this long, but y'all, y'all took a while. Y'all were slow warming up, but you were worth waiting on, okay? Let's see. Hmm. Verse 14. Ah, okay. John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, So the Word became human or flesh and made his home among us. It's talking about Jesus. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. The original translation there, instead of faithfulness, it's grace and truth. Grace and truth. And we have seen his, seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, the real Jesus. Anybody else? Y'all are doing really good. Why stop now? We can keep going. I don't have a time limit on this. I mean, for the service we do, but I don't have a time limit on this discussion. Anybody else? What do you think of when you think of Jesus? My friend. Wow, what a what a bunch of roles he fills. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus told Philip, if you've if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So your heavenly father, your friend. Um one one uh, reference says he's not ashamed to call us family member, brother or sister. So he's your family, that's for sure. Mentor. Somebody else said something. Healer? That's powerful. You think of healing. Jesus, the healer, he was always healing people, wasn't he? Wherever there was faith, he would be amazed by it, and he would heal people if there was faith. If there was faith. Somebody else. Hope? Yes, I agree. Hope, the thrill of hope, just like my next series is going to be. Man, people have lost hope before. Hope. Jesus is hope. Anybody else? The light at the end of the tunnel, right? Anybody else? Sir, everything, yeah. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. It kind of mirrors Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning was God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That In the beginning, God. Wow. He's everything, yeah. Scripture says he is Alpha and Omega. That's Greek letters meaning the beginning and the end. Anybody else? Anybody else have a great answer for me? All right. It's your final answer? Okay. Well, let's get into the Word tonight. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. I love this text. I love it when Jesus speaks. I love reading about Jesus, talking about Jesus, thinking about him, praying in his name. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, and just absorb this tonight. See what God does with it. See where it goes in your heart. Let's just talk about it. Watch out, Jesus said. This is how he begins chapter 6. Now remember, 
originally the Bible was just divided into books or scrolls, okay? So there was a scroll of Matthew, all right? A scroll of Mark, Luke, John. But the translators, God blessed them. When they started translating it into other languages, they divided it into chapters and verses so we could find stuff. Can you imagine right now? I'm like, pull out your, your book of Matthew, and you're like, okay, and it's 25, 35, 40 pages, and I go, let's go to the part where, and you're like, what? So chapter and verse, okay? This all flows together, but they decided to put chapter 6 here, and it's verse 1. Watch out. Jesus is speaking. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from what? Your Father in heaven. Now, God knows your heart. It doesn't mean you can never discuss good things you've done, but God knows your heart. Can you imagine if every time you went to give tithe or offering, you stood up and you held your money out for everybody to see, and you go, this is the amount I'm giving. I'm headed up there. Well, that should be between you and God. Now, the style of this church and our habit has been you bring your tithe and offering up here or you use text to give. Okay? And that's between you and God. God knows our heart. It doesn't mean you can't discuss good, good deeds, but why discuss them? What's the motive of your heart? Jesus is saying, let's go to the beginning of that verse, okay? Because I don't want anybody to feel condemned or like, oh my gosh, I mentioned something good I did. That's, that's not the point. He says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. We've all done something to be admired by somebody else. That's just normal. In my personality, my natural personality, when I, especially when I was much younger and I played basketball, I was a show-off. Just my personality. I could jump and move quick. And hey, man, and when extra people showed up, I'd get fancier. It's just how it was. I was a show-off. Okay? We all have different personalities. Okay? But don't do your good deeds. This is the point, though, of this lecture, right? Or this section or this context. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. To me, Facebook is great and Facebook is terrible. Y'all already know. God can use it and the devil loves to use it too. I mean, it's just like anything. It's just like our tongue. It's like our language, our words, right? Our personalities, our lives. God wants to use our lives and so does the devil. So you get on Facebook and y'all know some people's feed you all what? I see how my wife does. She goes, oh, one cuss word, unfollow. One, one, one cuss word in the, uh-uh, one dirty, uh-uh, that's, that's off color. It ain't right. She's done. She keeps her, her feed, is that what it's called? Clean. Okay? But here's my point tonight. Sometimes you get on Facebook and you go, man, is that what they call a humble brag? Or what is that? That Dang. I wish they wouldn't have done that because here's the reward. Wow, you did good. Congratulations. I mean, you, you gave to the poor or whatever. I'm just saying. God knows the motive of our hearts, but be careful on Facebook, and I pray everybody else does. Be careful on Facebook, period. <laughs> okay? But anyway, let's move on. Verse 2. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Look at, look at what Jesus is saying here. Uh, get a mental picture of this blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I go outside with a trumpet and go, man, there's a homeless guy wandering around here. Hey, brother, would you like a bottle of water? You know? Everybody check it out. I'm handing out water over here at Kingsgate for this guy. It's not even my water. It's the church's water, but I'm doing it. God's using me. I'm his angel. I'm his messenger. So 
I love how Jesus said that. It's a crazy mental picture, blowing a trumpet. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues, that's the church, and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. Look at what Jesus said. They have received all the reward they will ever get. Wouldn't that be sorry? We used to have a joke around here at church. I don't know if Barry still remembers it. We would fast. And there would be staff fasting and different Bible study groups fasting. And we had a joke where it was like, you'd hear somebody was fasting, and we'd go up to them and go, man, you're doing really good, man. God's going to bless you. That's amazing that you're fasting. Just messing with them, like trying to steal their reward. Just kidding, though. Now, that's terrible, (laughs) messing around. But look at what Jesus said. He said, I tell you the truth. This is for folks doing stuff with the wrong motive just to be watched okay with the wrong motive there i believe everyone in here does all kinds of good stuff out of the goodness of their heart and nobody knows about it ever okay but if this is something you do praise god and god knows the motives of your heart and he's going to bless you he has blessed you and he'll continue to bless you but this is for those that do it out of wrong motives just just to get credit he says i tell you the truth they have received all the reward they will ever get wouldn't that be rotten you go to heaven and you stand before Jesus, and he goes, man, you, congratulations, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You're coming into heaven. Man, I had a bunch of stuff lined out for you, but you blew a trumpet every time you did something good on earth, and that was all your reward. So come into heaven, but no rewards for you because you bragged on yourself about everything you did that was good. And I know nobody in here does that, but I've met people, I've met people, maybe unbelievers more than believers, that bragged about everything they did, and you thought, Man, every time they did it, wow, well, there's your reward, right? Verse 3, isn't this powerful? But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. That's kind of an interesting, let's go back to verse 3. That's kind of an interesting, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, as a church, here is a church, and just about everybody in this room has been part of that at one time or another. We found someone that had a need. We got a brother in here that his neighbor, her, her place burnt down, and he just came to church so troubled about it and mentioned it to us this summer that we just got people together and they started, you probably were one of them, giving clothes to this lady and her daughters. Okay? And that's great. We aren't doing that for the credit of man, but we're doing it because we're a church family we knew and we united and did something. All right? So that's great. But I love this analogy here. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Isn't that interesting? Like, give and be done with it. That's, that's interesting. Give your gifts in private, verse 4, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Look at verse 5. <laughs> when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly. Now, there's a cultural and historical context to this, and we'll get into it, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. You know what some of the Jews would do? They would put the scripture in a little box and attach it to their forehead so that everybody knew they were holy. I believe they were called phylacteries. And they'd put a little box of the scripture on the forehead. And then they would stop and pray out loud in front of everybody on street corners when it was time to pray. Would that be bizarre to you? Some of you are like, man, I'd be embarrassed to do that. 
But can you imagine we're just in a crowd and all of a sudden you look and Pastor Matt's like this with my hands raised going, oh God, I just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. In front of, what? God called us to be believers. He called us to be people of faith, but he didn't call us to be weird, okay? People make it weird. Humans make it weird sometimes, don't they? Not you. Hopefully not me. But man, some people do. And Jesus is teaching balance here. Notice that the teachings of Jesus always offer balance. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Hmm. Verse 6. But when you pray, you got some prayer needs and stuff. We can pray in a group. I I know tonight we were praying in a group. Y'all were talking to God. That was between you and God. This is talking about praying in public for credit. But Jesus says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will will reward you. Hmm. Verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. One translation says as the Gentiles or pagans do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. That's powerful. Let's keep going. Pray like this. Y'all remember this, the Our Father prayer, right? Our Father in heaven, this is the New Living Translation version of it. May your name be kept holy. Many have used this prayer over the years as a model prayer, meaning you can structure your prayer life as after this. And it starts off with, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy by starting every prayer with worship. Isn't that powerful? You can use this as a model for prayer every day in your life. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can pray God's will. Verse 11, give us today the food we need. One translation says daily food. Another says daily bread. Basically, Lord, take care of us today. This is important. Lord, forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Is that important? Yeah, God, forgive me. I need your help. Cleanse me. But help me to forgive those crazy folks that upset me and hurt me, used me. Look at verse 13. And don't let us yield to temptation. Is temptation out there? Oh, yeah. Today, some of you were tempted to look at something, say something, do something. You thought, I'm tempted to say that. I'm not going to say it. You were tempted to whatever. Or you say, man, not today, maybe yesterday. If not yesterday or today, then tomorrow. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Verse 14, Jesus still speaking here. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. That's a good habit, isn't it? (laughs) If you forgive them, he'll forgive you. Verse 15, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forget that. Verse 16, and when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine I'm fasting and I just grew my hair out and it looked like Hulk Hogan. I'm bald on the top and the long hair. My guys, I look terrible. Gray beard growing out. I look terrible because I'm fasting. Haven't showered or anything, you know. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. That is the only reward they will ever get. Jesus is, this whole chapter is dealing with motives. 
Interesting. Very, very interesting and unique chapter. Verse 17. But when you fast, comb your hair, if you can, right? But I know what he means. When you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. So it's talking about some important things in this chapter. Giving, praying, fasting. And you notice that Jesus doesn't say if. He says when every time. Did you notice that? He didn't say, hey, if you ever get around to praying. No, he said when you pray, do it like this. When you give, when you fast. Hmm. Verse 19. On to a different subject, and we'll round it out here. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. You ever had moths get into your closet and eat some stuff? Anybody? That's kind of rare. My father-in-law brought his suit. You have had some moths eat some of your clothes. My father-in-law, I don't know if they were in our house. I never had it happen to us. My father-in-law came for my mom's funeral in uh, May of, well, yeah, May of 2018. And he said some moths got in one of his old suits and started eating holes in it. He brought a suit. Strange. But this is such a valid point here. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. Stuff just ages, doesn't it? You can collect stuff if you want, but don't let that be your main focus. And where thieves break in and steal. I've always wondered, has anybody ever seen one of those shows or documentaries about Jay Leno? And all his cars? Y'all should look into that. He has dozens of cars. It must be worth zillions of dollars. And it's cool, but it's so excessive. Like, man, you can only drive one car at a time. Why have 50? Why have 100? But he's a car collector, and he's rich, and God bless him. I, I think Jay Leno's pretty cool. I don't know much about him. But he has a whole car collection. But man, eventually, I mean, he's got to watch it because it's rusting. Things are aging. Things are leaking. Man, what's it for? You could get rid of all those cars and do something great in the world. But that's up to him, right? So, I mean, everybody chooses. So why, why, why? Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Hmm. Verse 21. This is powerful. This is a powerful way to end this text for us tonight. I'm not going to go past verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's interesting. So the question is tonight as believers, where is your treasure? I think Jesus is your treasure, the way y'all answered those questions about Jesus, what he means to you, what you think of. I believe Jesus is your treasure. So any questions tonight? I know this is rare. Any questions tonight about what we shared? Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 21. Any questions? All right, let's go ahead and pray tonight, if you would, please. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word because your word is truth. We thank you for your word because your word brings, brings peace and balance. We thank you, Lord, because your word answers questions. We thank you, Lord, because your word settles us. Your word gives direction and your word also gives us boundaries. We thank you tonight for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for everybody in this house, God, and the word that was spoken to us tonight, God. Even as I spoke the word, Lord, you were dealing with me, working on me as I spoke the word. 
Here's my question tonight. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, is there anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? I've never done that before. When I die, I want to go be with him in heaven. I want to live the life of a believer. Is there anybody in this house that would raise their hand who says, please pray with me, Pastor Matt? I'll pray with you, and we'll just pray as a family. Is there anybody here? This is very important, and if not, that's great. You've already accepted Jesus. Praise God. But I want to make sure that's part of my life's mission, and yours as well, is to be right with God and help others get right with God. Anybody at all? All right, let's keep praying. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you're speaking to us through your word. I pray that your word fall on good ground. God, I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers as well. I speak the blessing over everybody in this house tonight, God. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you of his favor and of his perfect perfect peace. May you not be missing or lacking any good thing from God. I declare it. I declare blessing and hope, fruitfulness, faith, life, excitement, joy, protection, favor, good relationships, obedience to your word. God, I declare it over everybody in this house tonight. And I declare that your word is soaking in and making an impact in their lives. And God, they're affecting everyone around them for good. God, I, I discussed that with someone last night, and it just really impacted me. God, how we influence and affect people around us tonight. I mean, every night, every day. We're always affecting and influencing people around us for good or for bad. And we as believers, Lord, we know it's going to be for good. We affect people, and Lord, let them turn to you. We want to be a good influence and an example and a light. We want to be salt in this earth. Salt makes everything taste better. It preserves. It brings cure salt kills germs wherever there is salt god there's good things it, it has many uses god let us be salt on this earth like jesus said we don't want to lose our flavor we want to be salt on this earth and light thank you god are there any prayer requests tonight in this house you can raise your hand you can say it out loud if you want and if not we'll just agree with you is there any prayer requests in this house at all tonight. Raise your hand if there are, and we'll pray with you. All right. Lord, I speak the blessing over everyone in this house. Continue to speak to us tonight. Continue to pull us close to you. Continue to draw us close, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the families and couples and relatives and friends here tonight. Lord, we just bless your name. I give you glory for this group. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you are the transforming power of the universe. Thank you, God, for drawing us back to you. Thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your forgiveness. We thank you tonight, God. In Jesus' name.